everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. Recently, you heard from America's historian, David Barton, whose brilliant summation of his latest just-released, This Precarious Moment, is no doubt the reason my next guest and co-author decided to collaborate with the view of covering six major areas that affect our nation deeply, both biblically and historically. The stats are horrific, but even more than that, how we got here. Here to share this and more, adding his incredible insights, is best-selling author, Presidential Faith Advisory Board member, commentator, historian, and senior pastor of Skyline Wesleyan Church, San Diego, as well as syndicated radio host of the popular one-minute commentary, The Garlow Perspective, former national chairman of the Pulpit Initiative, igniting pastors in defense of our religious freedoms. And if this were not enough, ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is now organizing the study of the Bible in governmental centers, the U.S. Capitol, United Nations, and the Knesset in Jerusalem, Israel. Please welcome, always an honor, Dr. James L. Garlow. Jim, welcome to Testimony. Oh, thank you. It's a delight to be on with you. Well, it's great to have you, Jim. I've had the great pleasure of having you share for testimony several times now discussing the Johnson Amendment, Alliance Defending Freedom, the Pulpit Initiative, your wonderful and best-selling, well-versed, and now this precarious moment, six urgent steps that will save you, your family, and our country in collaboration with co-author David Barton. First question, would you venture to say this may be your most important work to date, and if yes, why? Well, it certainly is a precarious moment. In fact, it, it, it's a crisis moment in America right now. And, and how did we get this way? Well, the last section of the six sections we deal with is let the church be the church. And I would contend that the problem we're in, we're in right now is not necessarily because of liberal left-wing progressives and judges and wrong-thinking people and, and, and Hollywood, etc. It's largely because the church has failed to step up and be what it's supposed to be in this critical moment and to bring people into the full awareness that the Scripture speaks to every issue, not just in our personal life, which it does, not just in our family life, which it does, not just in our church life, which it does, but in our community and national life, Therefore, the Scripture, God is so smart, He had it so together. The Scripture speaks to every component of even national life, and if the 384,000 churches in America were proclaiming the truth of God's Word in biblical applicationalism to every component of national life, we could have enormously reduced human suffering, human pain, and poverty, and we would have introduced considerably more tranquility, and peace in our communities. So the concern on my heart, one of the key ones, is to encourage pastors to step up to the plate 
and parishioners to step up to the plate together who are followers of Jesus Christ, serious followers of Jesus Christ, and learn how to understand what the Word has to say that can bring what we all long for in our communities and our nation. So then the next question begs, and perhaps you've already answered it, of the six topics you address in your book, which are racial healing, immigration, Israel, millennials, a Judeo-Christian nation, and the church, which in your view is most critical to securing our surviving as a nation and a people? Well, let me just uh, answer that statistically. 384,000 churches I referenced a moment ago, according to the polling that has taken place, the organizations like George Barna, which uh, calls up to five or 600 churches a day, 72% of the churches, their own definition, are not serious about following the scriptures. And at least 28%, by self-definition, see themselves as followers of the scripture. That's 100,000 churches. Those 100,000 who call themselves biblical, based upon very well-crafted questions to try to find out exactly where they stand on issues, somewhere between six and 10,000 of those actually have a bona fide biblical worldview on the part of the pastor, I'm saying. 90% of pastors, when polled, will say that they believe the Bible speaks to the cultural, political, and social issues of the day. But later in the same survey, when they're asked, will they speak to the political, social, and, and cultural issues of the day, or have they? 90% say, no, they will not. And therein lies the painful problem. The six issues we address, but the first two are present-day front burner. The first one being bringing racial healing. We believe we can all make a difference in exposing the evil of racism and bringing racial healing to a divided nation. The second one is immigration. We would contend that both extreme right, extreme left have it wrong, that there is a pathway, a biblically ordained pathway to deal with that. Those are front burner issues. Then the, the next one is a futuristic issue, millennials. We must see an outbreak of truth and hunger for truth among millennials. And then the next one is sort of a forever issue, and that is reestablishment of a correct relationship with Israel. And fortunately, the present administration has done a great deal on that one. The next one is a backward-looking one, historically, and that is reasserting, reaffirming, rediscovering the distinct Judeo-Christian foundation to this country. And then the last one is a plea and a call, let the church be the church. And of course, that's the one really addressing right now. When I spoke with your co-author, David Barton, asked him this same question. He pointed to the church as failing in its responsibility. And then we addressed the educational system. And this brings me to my next question. Why millennials think the way that they do? They are the future of this nation. And by all accounts, if the Kavanaugh hearings are any indication, this is not good news. Well, when we wrote that chapter, because... David and I are, are neither one particularly young. We really turned to millennials to help us. One millennial who was heavily involved with us and effectively focus group. They have been raised in a rarefied atmosphere, an atmosphere that's radically different from those who are older than that. They have feasted on things on television, things on the internet that have literally blown away some of the most critical and, and important values that we have held historically sacred and we have to hold to in order to preserve a nation or a community. And whether we talk about, say, 
sexuality. The statistics are are staggering on the view of sexuality. They're virtually 100% in opposition to what has been viewed as sexual mores for most of culture and certainly those cultures that, that survive. The view of marriage has largely been lost. And part of that is because for modeling, there's been a tremendous number of divorces and the number of divorces have caused them to, to some measure, lose respect for the institution of marriage and that's why they're so easy to let anybody define it any way they want to. Along the way, there are some good and encouraging signs. They care deeply about human trafficking. That is good. They do care about life in the womb uh, considerably more than the previous generation. That is a note of real victory. Well. Why would that be? I suppose the scientific realities of sonograms and such have been able to make the case. If we can make the case convincingly, which is not hard to do, scientifically for the value of institutional marriage, one man, one woman, perhaps this generation could be won over. Uh, they are relationally inclined. That works positively for us if we're, if we're willing not to just try to address a whole group of them, but form relationships one at a time. They actually respond very good because they're, um, they're a bit relationally hungry, and they just simply value over coffee at Starbucks is is high priority for them. Now, my generation didn't think that particular way, but since they're relationally inclined, even people in my age bracket can reach out and they respond really quite well when you do it one at a time. So I wanted to bring the encouraging component, even though the statistics show that the belief systems, whether it's theologically or personal lifestyle or more, it's quite discouraging to read, but there is a, a, a bright light for a hope at the end of the tunnel if we can invest ourselves adequately in them individually. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Dr. James L. Garlow, his latest must-read, This Precarious Moment. Dr. Garlow, I would add also that the power of the Holy Spirit and authenticity with one's Christian walk has to be compelling to our millennials in this day and age. Can you give me an example of how you would reach out to a millennial feeling void of something more suicidal, perhaps, not knowing where to look for answers, how would you direct that person? Well, it's purely suicidal. Obviously, you surround them with a great deal of immediate love, concern, help, and you're absolutely right. The Holy Spirit is foundational for all we do. Without that, we cannot do anything of significance. Uh, I can just report from personal experience what my wife and I have done in trying to help them understand the nature of the governmental crisis. The average millennial does really not care about, quote, politics. In fact, politics is a bit of a dirty word to them. And government is not something they really, by nature, are interested in. And uh, my wife has worked with several different organizations to make it possible for young adults, college students, to go either to Washington, D.C., or we've even taken them to the United Nations, where we have a ministry. We're trying to bring worship and the word into the United Nations, into New York City. And we've taken a number of them to Israel on various components. As partnering with these organizations, we've been able to sit with them and say, if you could see what we're seeing, I think you would be vitally interested in the governmental arena and God being lifted up in that arena. And they, they get excited what may be initially just a trip to them. Admittedly, it might be that for some. But once they're there in the environment, virtually 100% come back changes. I get it now. I see what you were trying to tell me. I understand. 
virtually every single person we've taken, they're continuing on in their decision-making of how they can become attuned to what God is doing in the government arenas and care about them and attempt to be an influence for Christ in a system that looks at sometimes pretty dark and pretty God-forsaken, and yet at the same time by them seeing the potential of the difference that they could possibly make as a carrier of the Holy Spirit, as a Christ follower, and suddenly they're watching the news, they're taking notes, they're on the internet, they're checking out things, they're coming to us, hey, I just discovered this, just discovered this, what do I do about this? And we have found that to be extremely encouraging. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to acclaimed pastor, best-selling author, historian, biblical scholar, and presidential advisory board member, and cultural activist, Dr. James L. Garlow. His latest must read, This Precarious Moment, Six Urgent Steps That Will Save You, Your Family, and Our Country. You can learn more about Dr. Garlow's work, ministry, and mission by visiting jimgarlow.com and this precarious moment.com you will be blessed you did dr garlow it has been an absolute joy once again your must read this precarious moment answers the questions removes the mystery and then ignites us all to take action in defense of our families and this nation and for the generations that will follow we thank you and god bless you Well, enjoy being on with you. Bless you. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensenbard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D dot com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensen Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.